You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the trailers, box art, and behind the scenes. And this is episode 100. Oops, actually, it's 101. We just got too ahead of ourselves. We just went with the flow. We just kept going. And we hit a milestone and didn't even fucking know it. (laughs) It was the San Diego Comic-Con one that that threw me for a loop. Because Mm. I was like, oh, Matt, we got to do number 100. And then as soon as I saw Child's Play 3 went up and it had... Congratulations, you've hit 100 episodes. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, we're idiots. <laughs> well, th- this is our cel- 101. You know, we made it to 100, so that's why we're celebrating now. <laughs> pop the champagne. Yes. I don't have any, but just pretend. Yes. We'll pop uh, pop our waters over here. Yeah. And, uh, and coffee. <laughs> waters and coffee as we take us uh, to an Indiana Jones tale. Oh, the very first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, if it is there, Tarnis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I'll tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. figured we would do something indiana jones for our celebratory episode since we stole the name from them so (laughs) steal is such a correct word uh yeah and then uh, raiders i mean it's the it's the ultimate classic so we we went to it that's what that's what we went for yeah and we're just like lucas we just steal shit from other stuff and then make it our own yeah but you know what if it works, it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with <laughs> the it. The people seem to like it, so. Yeah. No, I, I like I, I like what he does. I, I don't really care. Um, well, until you know we got to the prequels, 
when he should have stole stuff. <laughs> then we figure out, it's like, man, when Lucas has his own creative freedom, like 100%, shit goes haywire. Exactly. Yeah, no, I like, like, we grew up on the stuff like the Star Wars is and the the indiana jones so we can't fault the guy or the howard the ducks if yeah you're in my I household. Knew, yes <laughs> the the real classic yeah. howard the duck yeah you know yeah he kind of turned his back on us later so i'm not a, i'm not a lucas hater i just you know i don't like the prequels so yeah i think they're too stupid but we're not here to shit on the prequels we could but we're not right uh yeah raiders of the lost ark is just man as soon as it comes on the paramount logo does that whole thing with mountain which apparently that's how Paramount got their new logo. Well, new in like the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it just nostalgia hits me every time. I just feel, I just, I just smile. Yeah, no, like the, when the movie starts, I mean, we'll get into it when we get yeah. into the movie, but like just when the movie starts, like, yeah, with the logo and the credits and it's like the, the jungle, it's a, uh, it's a movie. You know what I mean? Like you watch stuff nowadays, you're like, all right. I see what you're... You see right through it. This is like the magic of movies. This teleports you immediately. Yeah, and I wonder if it's... Because it's... It, obviously, it's shot well with Spielberg behind the camera. Well, and his his team uh, before Amblin was formed. But, I mean, this is basically a lot of the same people. Frank Marshall and yada, 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 all the way down. Um, I believe he's using his original cinematographer before... Janusz came into play. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't say the DP on the back here, so I don't know who it is. Whatever. But, uh, but we could have done research, but man, yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> this is one hundred and one. We don't want to change. <laughs> we do bare minimum research. Yeah, right. So, for our hundred and first episode, we're going to become an academic podcast. Here yeah. we go. Here's my papers I've brought in for this. <laughs> yes, the shot number one hundred and one. <laughs> and if you look at the timestamp, it's fourteen fifty nine. It's like no. It's never going to happen. But there are beautiful shots all through this. And they're so simple. Yes, this is this is why, you know, Spielberg raised a generation of movie fans. It's captivating stuff. Yeah. Like, it really is. And it, as, a, as a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, however old you were when you saw this movie, like, it, it hooks you. And Spielberg made a whole generation fall in love with movies. And it's because of stuff like this. Yeah, and it's very um, old Hollywood- cinematography too like when indiana jones like whips his whip to get the the knock the gun out of the guy's hand and then he turns into frame with the light yeah and i'm like that's so silent film golden age of hollywood where it wasn't so much about dialogue or anything it's all visuals because that's all they had yeah i think i think what this series does really well and this is the whole series and i'm gonna i include kingdom of the crystal skull here like what they do really well is sort of capture the time period in which the movies are taking place. Mm-hmm. So this being a '40s movie has that big Hollywood '40s feel to it. Like Temple of Doom being a '30s movie feels a little old, you know. Feels like those '30s adventure movies, and then like uh, Crystal Skull set in the '50s, and it feels like a '50s sci-fi movie. Like take it or leave it, whether you like it or not. But like they capture all four of them capture the feel of the time period they're set in. Yeah, they do really well. And this one also with the sound effects, like Indiana Jones' punch, like, yeah, like how it's just really big and over the top. I feel that's probably because that's what they were used to watching on their old, like Spielberg and Lucas growing up on these old serial, Mm -hmm. like quick, dirty shot adventure series and, and everything like that. And that's basically what this movie is, is they glued it all together got a bunch of guys in a room over a weekend and you know 
hammered it out. Like I said, it and then that in turn spun a whole new generation of film fans, filmmakers that saw this first and, you know, have taken the, the Spielberg approach now to these type of, of adventure movies. Mm-hmm. The Spielberg, I, want, I don't want to say ripoff, but the, the Spielberg, like, I don't know, ripple effect into filmmakers. Yeah. It's just all over the place. And, and it's it's so woven into directors and cinematography now that I, it's hard to even tell what, what is Spielberg and what's original anymore. Like, I just, when I see shots, uh, one of the ones, anytime you see a shot where, like, someone goes over a cliff mm-hmm. and then the camera holds and then you, like, see their hand grab it and... I that to me that's always Spielberg. Yeah, the Spiel, Spielberg, the classic Spielberg shot for me is always the zoom in on the face, like yes, the hero yeah. shot. Like that yeah. is he he coined that, and I've seen it since used by other filmmakers. But like Spielberg just does it the best of anybody. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got so many that I mean, you could do an entire podcast. We could find like all the Spielbergian shots. Yeah, we always and we always end up talking about. Spielberg. Anyway, like this is like the new line Spielberg like, podcast. So it's, uh, we always come back to it, but it is. It's, it's because it 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 was a whole new generation for well, us. It was a whole new generation of film fandom. Yeah, and his backlighting. I always noticed that too in Spielberg films, and you can even see it in the um, stills that they have on the back. How because Spielberg shoots a lot of stuff, a lot of his older stuff. They were always on sets. Yeah, and he was. You know, the king of getting a team together to build sets that are clearly sets in my mind, but they're so damn good, I don't care. Yeah, to me, it's like movie magic, you know? Like, I want to be on that set, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could I could taste the, the fog machine running, you know? Like, I want to be there for that. But he always does, like, the old glamour Hollywood lighting, and I don't think people ever really notice until until we got into, like, the 90s Spielberg, which turned into a little bit different. Yeah, you know, like rougher. what. But Jurassic Park even still had it when they were yeah. lighting the T-Rex. I, I feel like because of CG in a certain point and a lot of post, you know, a lot of post um, added, like a lot of filmmakers just, it's not that they didn't know to do it. They're just, they didn't. Well, they're, they're lighting, like, oh, fix it in post. They're lighting for CGI, not lighting for the camera anymore. You know, there you that's, go. They're not lighting it, for film anymore. Yeah, exactly. Until you see Tarantino. Yeah, who, who only is. shoots on film, yeah. and his lighting is beautiful in all of his movies, and I feel like that's just a dying art because it doesn't need to be done. Yeah, yeah, we got like the last of like the the Scorseses and Tarantinos and stuff carrying the torch for film, but it's uh yeah now you, even even Spielberg is shooting so much digital now. It's yeah, a shame. It's yeah, because I I didn't really like um nineteen eighties seventies throw up on film. What was that film called? Oh, Ready Player One. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. No, I didn't that. But, but I think it's not like know. it's not like this. You know, it's no. not like it's not like where I'm like, oh my god, this is a Spielberg classic. But not like it's fine. I know. I just don't like it. <laughs> I've never watched it since. I, I was. I think I was like, no, oh, this is kind of good. This is mostly bad. But now I'm like, Pfft. after watching this, I'm like, I yeah, care. this is this is the OG. This is where it all came from. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, we'll just, I mean, okay, here's a stupid question. Hey, Matt, if you're a kid in the video store, do you rent this? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I I probably didn't even have to rent this. This was probably somewhere in my family already. You know, like somebody, mm-hmm. somebody owned this. I, I had seen, this is just one that kids in the 90s when I grew up just knew about. 
There was no renting this. Somebody you knew, some uncle, some grandparent, some parent owned this already. So like this was already in the Pantheon in the 90s. But yeah. if if I, for whatever reason, grew up in like some like Mormon community or something and I saw this cover, then yeah, maybe I'd pick it up on a whim. But I just feel like I already knew it existed mm-hmm. before that. Uh, our cover here is uh, just as rare as the Lost Ark. Uh, we're we're watching we because we did, we actually did do some research on this. We're watching the '93 re-release of this uh, black cover, and then kind of centralized. We have like the painted poster image of Indiana Jones with his whip, and then like all the supporting characters kind of surrounding him with like the with like the uh, jungle tomb background. Uh, painted image. I mean, this would have if I heard nothing about this movie, I would have absolutely absolutely been like what is this what is this magical thing that i have to check out yeah richard amsell did the cover to this which he had a uh, a really short prolific career uh when it came to posters he did like the sting that's one of his Mm. most famous ones but uh because a lot of people think it's drew um strusen strusen um and I mean, I own one of Drew Stinson's, not his original, but you know, like a reprint of the Temple of Doom. When you come into my apartment, that's when Drew started, like really taking off. And from what I always remember, it was like the '83 and on. Mm-hmm. So this was a little bit before him. This was a different uh, painted artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he was. Designer. It's funny too because I've Richard. Uh, I've read an interview with him. I, I don't know when he passed. But he was always inspired by the old 40s. So it, it's like they just, not only did they get, you know, Spielberg, Lucas, Frank Marshall, all these people get together and they knew what type of movie. But everyone was so on board and on the same team that the, even their artist was influenced by old Hollywood posters. And it's just like everything about this movie just was right. Yeah, it's like it's like when you have somebody because you know eighty one at this point Spielberg had all the power that he wanted you know that all the power that he could possibly want in Hollywood because of Jaws and everything like that so like when you have a director with that much say saying like I'm gonna do this homage thing all the pieces better fall into place you know like it's yeah. it, it's easy nowadays for somebody that with making a movie in their backyard with a camera saying like oh, I'm gonna do an eighties send up you know but like. You're not you're not gonna have like a power team of people mm-hmm. all on the same page like Spielberg could pull in eighty one. Well, it's funny. So ma- uh, most major uh, production companies turned this down, and I thought the same thing you did too. And then I kind of when I watched the documentary last night um, while drinking a martini, by the way, <laughs> totally on purpose. Um, a dirty martini, by the way. I hate olives, but I love dirty martinis because I like the olive brine. There's a little bit of fact on Steve. Now you've been educated. <laughs> I'm the same way, actually. I'm not a big I'm not a big drinker anymore these days, but uh, I like a dirty martini because I I love olives though. Yeah, so, I love the olive brine. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah, it's it really is salty. Yeah. Mm. Anywho, uh, back to the movie. Uh, We're so, just gonna start a martini podcast yeah. now. That's the next. That's the next step. That's the next evolution in Analog Jones. We're just gonna talk about martinis and drinks, maybe the occasional other drinks, and then we'll have the Jersey Ghouls on so we can talk about VHS porn. Oh, okay. Is that the the next next yeah, step? Oh, okay. That's what uh, that's what Marissa. I don't know if Jackie. Well, maybe I don't know who came up with the origin of that, Jackie or Marissa, but. They decided, hey, let's start reviewing old VHS porn. And then I had to break their hearts with, 
That shit's expensive. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Anytime I've seen it at resale shops, it is. Yeah, they're like $75. They're like... Because they're like the golden age of porn. So yeah. Like, not, not only that, but they only printed probably like 3,000 units. That's true. Yeah. They were going to video like rental stores. People weren't really like owning a yeah. lot of those. And they're probably finding them in old, creepy, now dead uncle's basements. Yeah. Yuck. Y- yummy. <laughs> How the hell Used did Used we- up old porn. <laughs> so back to um, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of tangents. Uh, where the fuck was I at? I don't remember. Um, you watched the documentary. Oh, I watched the documentary, and so what happened was, you know, Spielberg was obviously had his um, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but he was coming off in 1941, and all of his movies had gone over budget and over time. I mean, Jaws was over a hundred days. 1941 was an absolute mess, which I have not watched in a really long time. But so when he got together, um. I guess Lucas and him, Lucas and Spielberg were both on vacation. Lucas had gone to Hawaii because to escape Star Wars. He wanted to go to somewhere where people didn't know him. And same thing with Spielberg off of Third Kind. Um, what am I thinking of? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So they had got together and he goes, if we're going to do this, because Spielberg wanted to do a Bond movie. And then, you know, Lucas was like, no, no, I, I got I got a better Bond hero. Uh, you know, and then he explained it to him and Spielberg was like, oh, that's great. It's like Bond without all the the gadgets. So, but they both agreed this has to be shot dirty and quick. Spielberg wanted to go back into Hollywood with, look, I can shoot a movie on time and under budget, or at least for the budget that we originally agreed to. So a lot of, um, distributors turned this down, a lot of production companies, but luckily they knew Frank Marshall and I guess when they got all together to hammer it all out, it was on agreement, hey, we'll do this movie. And I think there was a little bit of a handshake to do all three. But the only way I think Paramount would do that is if Spielberg agreed to it. And Spielberg didn't want to do that. He didn't want to work on all three of them. He just wanted to do a movie. And go. Yeah. Um, that's actually a lot of... Spielberg does that a lot. He doesn't like to do a ton of sequels from at least at one point in his uh, career. Yeah, I mean, because what? It's these and Lost World that he's done. I can't. Think I think of any that's other, it. I can't think of any others. Well, because they wanted him to do Jaws too. Yeah. So badly, but he's like, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, if we ever do that movie, that's that's the one of his best behind you know behind the scenes stories ever. But you know that's the way it was. But I guess when Paramount's like, okay, Lucas has already. I'm doing air quotes. Wrote the scripts. And stories for two and three, which he didn't, was a complete lie, which he admitted in the future. <laughs> but, you know, they had all three of them. They, you know, had the Frank Marshall, Paramount, Lucas, and Spielberg were all on board. And that's how this actually got going. Nice. Yes. Nice. Some education. See, I, I remember watching any documentaries on the... Uh... On these movies, I'd seen the Spielberg documentary, the HBO one, which and is I still haven't watched. Excellent, but they, you know, they don't. They talk more about him than sort of the process. So let me guess, daddy issues. Oh, of course, yeah. always he's always looking for his father. Um, but spoiler alert, they're they're good now. So <laughs> his dad's still alive. Yeah. Wow, that's some good genes. Yeah. All right, well. <laughs> or, or if he was, like, they made amends before he died, but, like, I think he was alive for a long time, if he's not still alive. Whatever. 
I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. I watched this yesterday, though, so I'm fresh to talk about it. So did about I. It. <laughs> That's funny. So did I. Um, I guess I'll read the back here in case you guys don't know what Raiders of the Lost Ark is about. Um, but yeah, first I'll mention, on the, when you flip over to the back here, there's some incredibly lit filmic images on the back of like uh, uh, Harrison Ford and Karen Allen tied to the post from the end of the movie, and then like the Indiana Jones exploring the one cave thing uh it yeah it, it definitely captures the look and feel of what the whole movie is like i actually drew that photo where they're on the pole right there when i was a little kid yeah. this is not my original because that was destroyed in the flood of the 90s in my parents basement <laughs> but yeah when i bought this this has to be the same one we had because this came this was a 93 yeah mm, i don't know maybe we had the 86 maybe they just had the same photo in the back but I've drawn that exact uh, production still right there. It's a good image. Yep. And it made you the artist you are today? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> it probably wasn't very good. but <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to learn. Uh, here's our description. This is it. Harrison Ford and filmmaker Steven Spielberg and George Lucas team in the first Indiana Jones movie and set the whirlwind tone for Indy's adventures to come. Here you'll find archaeologist Jones up to his neck in danger and snakes alive up to his kneecaps and squirming reptiles. Indy hates snakes. He hates Nazis, too, and he'll stop at nothing to keep those goose-stepping goons from obtaining the mystical Ark of the Covenant. Hang on and enjoy. And then a review from Roger Ebert. The most incredible series of action and stunt set pieces I've ever seen in a movie. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so simple. That's just... Don't make it long. Let's get right into the movie. You're gonna rent it anyway. Yeah, like they just—they're just doing like a silly, you know, mm-hmm. action adventure. Come see it, you know. Yeah, doing the old. Come see Andy take on the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they're doing here, and it, that's fun. That's it's cute. It's awesome. It's I don't so think I've ever fun. read the description on the back because yeah, if this is getting pulled out, I'm just watching it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the price tag on that? Uh, a dollar. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I bought this maybe in Omaha when I, I can't wait to go back to Omaha to go back to Dave's or whatever, like like old VHS shop where he's got. There's just like they're a dollar each. I'm like, and, man, and he, they, he had a lot, right? Because he came back yeah. with like a, a he, fat stack. Yeah, and he told me, "Oh, I got more in the back." Like, <laughs> don't oh. tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna. I'm going to bring an entire, like, just extra luggage. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sarah will kill me. How much does that cost? An extra 40 It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. put this tape in. And now, our feature presentation. Sadly, we're going straight to the feature presentation because there's nothing on this. I wonder if it's just they're saving tape because it's too long of a movie or something and two hours they were like we're we're just we're just doing the movie here <laughs> yeah this movie's longer than i remember you don't feel it though no, no. i never checked the clock when i watched this movie i only checked the clock at the beginning because i don't know i paused it or something and then or no maybe i paused it at the end i was like it's already at two hours wow because it's like two hours and 15 minutes no it's it's two hours is it two hours yeah it's it's five minutes shy of two hours. Okay, all right. But yeah, it's like it, y'all, you get towards the end and you're like, "Fuck, we're like almost over." <laughs> like, yeah, where that how that happened? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is, I think when you guess a movie time like I just did, like it's too because I just didn't feel it. It just went. Yeah, it does. It just it 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 moves 
and yeah. I and I'm just like transfixed by the movie, and I'm immediately like a child again. <laughs> yeah, and I think the movie moves so well because it just feels like they're constantly running. Yeah, that's true. There's always an adventure. There's yeah. always an adventure happening in the movie. There's hardly any. There's like run, 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 rest, run, 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 rest. I'd say the 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 slowest we take the movie is from the classroom to like when he sets out on the adventure like that that little 10 minute stretch at the very beginning that's about the only time we like stop and but that's all your exposition that's all the things you're gonna need to you know the filmmakers are giving you all the tools and then they're like all right we're going on the adventure and then the movie never stops yeah it's true uh i mean right at the beginning we're and every indiana jones too does this it's where the very beginning is just like a different storyline, like the end of that storyline. Mm-hmm. And then we have a little bit of a rest for a setup. And then we go into our main storyline. Big adventure. Yep. Yeah. They it, all do that. And it's really simple and it works. It, it just really does. And it always feels like a TV show. Obviously that's what they're basing this off of. But I guess yesterday I put it all together. I'm like, Oh yeah. They're doing like a last week on and yeah. then they catch you up and then we do the next adventure. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's that's totally what they're doing here. Yeah, and, and this this one's first adventure is just getting. I don't even know what country that is. To be honest, I forgot. I don't think it says. Is it just a mystery? Yeah, it's some jungle. Jungle. They're in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's like a religious relic. But you know, he he goes through and it, like there's so many iconic scenes. The first one is him revealing himself after whipping the gun out of the guy's hand. Comes, yeah. He comes from the darkness to reveal him. And you could tell that was shot quick and dirty, exactly how they wanted it. Yeah. The, I, I love Spielberg in this because this is when he really captured his fast shooting. He's like, oh, we got it done in four? Done. Go. Let's move. It's good. It's good. And then we get we get the uh, the ball, of course. You know. Well, we get the idol, too, where he yeah. does the sand. And yeah. I heard how it, they got the sand shot. Uh, it's because it shows him looking at the idol and then he kind of looks at the bag of sand and he was about to take it out. Initially it was just going to be that shot and then they're going to put it. But I guess someone saw the background where Indy does the sand. And so they switched the camera. So now you're looking at the idol from like Indy's hip view where he just takes the sand out of his hand. It's a beautiful shot. And that was not planned. That's the genius of uh, Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> and this is the most, this is when Spielberg really started to use storyboards a lot because mm. it helped him from going over budget. <laughs> yeah. It put put all the shots out there already. Yeah. So yeah. Like, we can be ready for it. Got to get this one, this one, this one. It's funny too because that's such part of film now. More part of animation. And that's why animation has like, you know, basically no extra scenes. It's because everything's already mapped out. Everything's Marvel boarded. does it, too, with their uh, fight scenes. You have to. Yeah, because like, th- that's insane what they do. But, yeah, that's, this is where he really started to use it. Yeah, and it it works. Yeah. It shows. <laughs> yeah, then we, then we had the ball. And, I, then, and it's also iconic. How many times have we seen this spoofed or, you know, like, referenced, whatever? Like Countless. This is iconic. I can't imagine, like... Can you imagine being that one of the first, like that Friday night, one of the first audiences to see that, like in a, at whatever theater you were going to see it at? I don't even think there were multiplexes yet. Like whatever big movie palace you were seeing this at, and like that all happens. Like what? <laughs> no, and this is before cell phones, so you had to like 
wait until Monday to go to school to tell all your friends about this yeah. amazing movie that right. you just saw. Right. Like, like there's a giant ball and he was running from it and everyone would be like, Sure, Matt. And then you see it, you're like, What the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch watching this though, like on VHS, I can say for certain that it's been a very long time since I've seen this on VHS. This is one of those ones that I like. I I don't always come back to the tape for this one. In fact, I think I've seen this one more, most recently. I've seen this a couple times in theaters. So I'm kind of more used to the big widescreen. So seeing it in this kind of stretched full frame was kind of crazy because I hadn't seen it like that in a long time. Yeah, and I watched it on a big screen, but I had to stop. I took the tape out. Because I had to record for you and send it to yeah. you. Um, so I had to take it out. It was really hard to watch on the big screen up front. It just... It yeah, was, I watched it on the big TV too. Yeah. And it was it was weird. Yeah. It was like a weird... And it just like, this is not one... You know, you could pop in a tape of E.T. And that's how I grew up watching that movie. I'm used to seeing that. But this one, I just... I feel like I wasn't used to seeing yeah. it look like this. No, it was much better to watch on my computer monitor. Mm-hmm. It just, smaller. It's smaller. It looked natural i guess you could say um that it'd be funny to like show a kid nowadays like the four three of this yeah like what they would think it's fun like i would i would show my kid something like again example like et on vhs but i don't think i would do that for this i'd be like you gotta see it in widescreen you know you gotta like you've gotta see it like the filmmaker intent the theatrical way i guess yeah apparently the laser disc for raiders of the lost ark is incredible because it's so good to this day. Because mm-hmm. it was on, what do they call it? Is it called Pan and Scan? Like where it's... No, Letterbox. No, Letterbox, be, yeah. yeah. Apparently it's amazing. I, I mean, believe it. I mean, Laserdisc was better than DVD, and DVD won out that battle, so <laughs> I believe well, it. Like, that's what happens when you only have one, and it's tiny. Yeah, exactly. But apparently, apparently like a lot of the Laserdisc movies like this are better. Yeah, because this would, this would be like two Laserdiscs that, that would have to come in it. I've never been a Laserdisc collector. No, I've seen maybe one, well, two. Two, I, can, I think I saw Gremlins on Laserdisc, and I saw The Frighteners on Laserdisc, because The Frighteners is one that looks better on Laserdisc. Oh, I didn't, yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, it, hmm. it's a good it's a good looking disc. And that's the, how you could get the director's cut for the longest time, too, is the laser. That's why I had seen it that way. Now it, that's out on Blu-ray. Pan and scan. Is that four by three? Yeah, that's when they're literally panning over to see yeah, the widescreen. Yeah. yeah, that's why they call it pan and scan, because mm. they basically take the tape and then pan it yep. over. And that's why it always looks a little odd. Yeah, because it's like not a natural camera movement. Yeah. You are literally moving along the widescreen. Yeah, to put it in a 4-3 frame. I love pan and scan, though, for some movies. I think it's fucking hilarious. Like it, it, it's Because it's like revealing. So, you know, like you, you could plan a joke really well in a pan and oh, scan. Oh, for comedy, pan and yeah. scan's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when it comes to like drama, pan and scan always takes me out of it. Because it feels weird. Yeah, it is. It's like, a, especially if it's like a, like a really deep widescreen and they're just like really panning over. Yeah. And I feel like they have to slow down the film just a little bit to scan over to, mm. to get the timing. Right. So I remember, I think I've seen pan and scan in like maybe it was the Godfather part two on VHS where it was like a big dramatic 
part and they just like yeah. pan over to it. It, j- it kind of feels like comedic. It does, yeah, because I'm used to seeing it in comedies. Yeah, <laughs> like you could have panned over and it been like, you killed my whatever, and then pans over and he's like, and now I'm a clown. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, well, I, I just I just watched that for the other podcast on VHS because it's, you know, how we could afford it but like <laughs> it was cheaper that way so just i just saw that pan and scan uh very recently <laughs> yeah so was there a scene like that where yeah where, there's pan and scan on that yeah, tape yeah that's what i thought uh, it's funny how you always relate a type of movie to a movie you know like when you just said pan and scan mine is godfather 2 um but you know you were i'm sure you have a few others yeah i think like the one that came to mind when i said comedy because it was shot in such like a deep widescreen was a. Uh, that Michael Keaton movie Multiplicity, where he's oh like, yeah, they had it and it was like a two three five like really deep widescreen, and that pan and scan was crazy, but it was a comedy, so it worked. But they were every shot was fucking pan and scan like, in that movie. Oh, so I, I take it on DVD. It's it's you know just laid out there widescreen. Yeah, right. So you know what I I've always wondered, and now we're getting. I mean, since it's episode one hundred and one, uh, we're getting more into like. An, uh, discussion on our VHS is an old and everything like that. It's is there a DVD out there on four three aspect that has pan and scan in there? Like they were too lazy to make it widescreen. I'd, I'd like oh, to. Oh yeah, I'm sure there of, has to be. MGM was the worst at that when the DVDs first came out because I think the first Terminator, like Terminator, you know, yeah, it should yeah. be widescreen. It should be big. It should be loud. The first version they put out on there. They put the fake widescreen bars in, but it was still two three five or not two three. It was still four three. So there was still pan and scan in the DVD of it. Oh, that's awful. Uh, Death Wish three, which hopefully we'll rewatch. You know, we'll watch with Alex going through our Death Wish three and on down, or no five and on down, or whatever. Six, no six, remake six, on down. Six and on down with him <laughs> to reveal them. Uh, that one. Wait, wait until you see the headroom in that. That's hilarious. It's not meant for full screen. <laughs> well, no, no, it, it's. I, I don't know how they did it because it's so it's shot so poorly in like talking scenes. I wonder if they just opened the mat where they took they just took the bars off, so it was just like well, all the headroom that they like accounted. They didn't account for actually showing. <laughs> you know, I, I think it would have to be something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how like boom mics get into so many VHSs when they just take the mat off instead of stretching the image. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oops, did no one watch this before we put it on film? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to this gorgeous movie. <laughs> we found a way to get Death Wish 3 into our and, Indiana and Jones it, discussion. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, of course. Well, we're, I think this is, like you said, this is perfect that we're like, it's about Indiana Jones, but it's this is like a, a good episode about like tapes. We're talking about tapes because it's, it's 101, baby. We got to It's our thing. Yeah. I mean, and the history, too, of like VHSs, how they were put on, you know, like actual VHSs and then what type of VCRs we had in the early 80s to mid 80s. Like the adventure of VHS is crazy. Yeah. Even we were when we were looking this up, like it looked like the first release of this was 86. So that was five years from the, the movie's theatrical run till it was it finally able to be taken home. And that was because it was after Temple of Doom when Temple of Doom came out on VHS. Yeah. And then we saw the Australia. Did you mention that? No. The Australia 84, 84 clamshell. That, so this is weird because I've never seen this in the U.S. Maybe it has happened. But their clamshell in 84 for Raiders of the Lost Ark has an advertisement saying, look out 
for Temple of Doom in theaters this summer. Mm. That's so odd. Yeah, the only thing I could think of like that is not on a VHS at all. It's like, remember when they uh, re-released Empire Strikes Back and they were like, coming soon, Revenge of the Jedi, you know, when it was still called that? And it had it in the bottom corner of the poster. That's a poster, though. That's yeah, not, that that's makes n- sense. Yeah, that's not like a VHS, but it's kind of funny. Like, you would take home, like... They just it's like they didn't have like the long run in mind. Like you would take that home. If you have that for years, it's still gonna just say coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, coming summer eighty four, Temple of Doom, but like it's only good for a year of that run of that VHS and then it's then it's just old news. Yeah, that reminds me I saw someone a long time ago have a Back to the Future two and three poster where you know how they were filmed back to back and it was like a maybe a teaser poster where it's just like look for both of them and i've always wanted that one because it like splits it in half um Hmm. with both of those movies and you know how each one of those movies are all looking out of the out of the delorium yeah how they're one foot out kind of like robocop yeah it is but uh i've always wanted that but that reminds me of that just like those old teaser posters yeah that would like advertise the next the next thing to come yeah because you'd walk into the hallway but what excitement you yeah, know? I know. Can you imagine walking into a multiplex and no internet, never knowing that like there was going to be a Back to the Future two, and then you see a poster for two and three, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was so exciting back then when you're young, and calling your friends on the phone to tell them about a trailer that you saw. Yeah, for a movie coming out, and I was always the king of forgetting when it came out. So you're like, <laughs> when does it come out? Uh, no clue. I don't. I don't know. I, I saw the trailer, but I don't know. I can describe It's the coming out. <laughs> but you couldn't find out. It was all a giant mystery. Yeah, unless you were like a Fangoria reader and it was like specifically horror, Starlog, you know, one yeah. of those. Like, unless you were like kind of one of those nerds, like, you didn't know. You just had to rely on the poster or the... And being, you know, a little younger, even, even as a 90s kid, it still was like that until probably about the year 2000 when like the internet really blew up. But yeah, like, yeah. I, you know... And then in, all throughout the nineties, it still was the same thing. It'd be like, when's, when's episode one coming out? And then that fucking trailer and poster dropped. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I've never felt, oh, man, I like, I got goosebumps when I saw the first Phantom Menace trailer. Oh, like yeah. the excitement level for all these nerds that like didn't have star wars because i never knew what it felt like to get a new star wars neither did you obviously you weren't born i was alive but i was so little it didn't matter yeah i was born in 82 so what empire came out 80 80 80 80 and then jedi came out 83 yeah so i didn't know yeah to me it was all in the past and i had to discover it whether it be my you know older brother or older cousins or whomever playing with their toys and then figuring it out yeah that phantom menace Felt like it was made for me. Yeah. Because I was a teenager. What year did that come out? 96? 99. 99? 98? 98? I don't know. 99. 99. Whatever it was. I stole the uh, from the theater the little bitty marquee that they used to put in the lights. Mm. So the light would come through it. I stole that. Nice. Yeah. You still have it? Somewhere. Nice. It was not. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of shit in our old uh, shed mm. that uh, from my parents, which I know, I, I think the greatest day of my parents' life will be when I buy a condo or home 
and they're just gonna have like a truck full of shit and they're like here you go son yeah. here's all your shit yeah that's what i'm de- i was telling you this before we went on air that's what i'm dealing with right now i'm like i'm about to turn 30 and i'm still trying to get fucking toys out of my parents house and vhs's toys and vhs's like <laughs> yeah mine is gonna be comic books and toys and figurines now luckily my younger brother who has a badass man cave i have a, a man like what would you call this? Uh, it's a I cave. called it your troll cave earlier, troll but cave, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like yeah. in a negative way. That's it's just fine. darker in here. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so he has like an entire basement. So he has like man caves, mm. um, but he, he's taken a lot of my stuff, which last time I went home, I was like, oh, sweet. I have that beast um, figurine. And he just like there was that awkward silence and i go that's mine <laughs> that's my beast figurine he's like do you want it back and i'm like no i please. belongs in your cave <laughs> Ugh, fine you got it ah little bastard love him um i just love how he at the that moment of silence for like three seconds where he realized oh shit i never told him that i stole it yeah i took it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'll just, like, I didn't get him a birthday gift this year. So I was like, well, yeah, because you have my figurines, asshole. <laughs> yeah, right, because you're using them for your cave. <laughs> so back to Indiana Jones. Uh, you know what? I don't really want to go through scene for scene. No. I mean, we've but, seen it. We've all seen it. But we can discuss, do you have a favorite character? God, I mean, I lo- I could just sit and watch Indiana Jones. I love Harrison Ford in this. Okay, movie. besides Indiana Jones, like, maybe I should say that. Like a side character. Yeah. Um, probably, probably. What's Karen Allen characters? Ravenwood. Name? Uh, but what? What's uh? Oh, you mean Marion? Yes, 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 Marion. Um, I think she might be my favorite. Uh, I think I think Karen Allen is one of the most beautiful actresses to ever grace the screen ever. Indiana Jones. always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last 10 years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. You knew what you were doing. Now I do. This is my place. Get out. Mohan, Temigru, Bolianu. I did what I did. You don't have to be happy about it, but maybe we can help each other out now. I need one of the pieces your father collected. Bronze piece about this size with a hole in it off center with a crystal. You know the one I mean? Yeah. I know it. Where's Abner? Where's Abner? Abner's dead. Also, she's so cool in this movie, too. So, double win. Yeah, she pulls off the tough girl look and feel perfect except when she runs if you go and look and i just discovered this yesterday um sarah came in for i love how almost every episode we get our girls into this and mostly it's them like just coming through our area and then she's like what are you watching and she came in during the uh run uh i don't know the baskets the Mm. basket run Mm -hmm. um and she goes this just looks goofy and I was like, how dare you? <laughs> but then I kind of like paused and I'm like, yeah, Marion Ravenwood runs really weird. I guess I never paid attention. To she runs with like her whole body. Oh, okay. You know, it's 
Just I you I have guess to I watch. I never it. really like yeah. looked out for that. Yeah, like she's running with the pan, and then you know when she goes, it's like the old comedic. This is totally Lucas too, because Lucas is not very good at comedy, but he wants to always put comedy in. Yeah, he does like, and he does like broad cartoon. Yeah. Comedy. And she runs into the little nook of the door, and then the bad guy with the knife runs in, and then you hear, dong, and then she comes out. Yeah. When she's running into the nook and running out of it to go to the basket, she just looks so goofy. Like, she's never ran before. <laughs> never ran like that before. Yeah. Or maybe that was a direction. Maybe that was a Spielberg direction. Maybe it too. was. Maybe it was, like, a character thing. But it know. was definitely like, dun 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 and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is Lucas. <laughs> Lucas doesn't know subtlety with his comedy at all right but he also builds these vast worlds that are very serious yeah so you're always like oh, you really need someone just to write your <laughs> comedy for you i'm sorry you're you're great at world world building he's amazing at it just don't let him be the screenwriter that's all <laughs> just yeah. you have no our... dialogue please that's enter lawrence kasdan uh writing yeah. this one and thank god and yeah yes when it was still still doing Star Wars movies today. <laughs> so, God bless him. Yeah, Marion Ravenwood, that's a good side character. Who's um, yours? Mine is weird. Mine is Tout. Major Major Arnold Tout, the character asked character actor, the sadistic German. Mm-hmm. Um and I really like him because that character actor, I've seen him in a lot of other seventies films that every once in a while I go, Oh, Oh, it's Major Tout. And I can't know. <laughs> it's a Nazi. Is it, is, it, is it Tout or is it Tout? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they don't really say his name often. No. He's just like the villainous figure yeah. that like is just always lurking, but they don't call out to him that but often. I feel like, I don't know if it's Lucas doing it or Spielberg or casting, whoever's doing it. Every movie, they have a like sadistic bad guy. Yeah. And I feel like uh, in Temple of Doom, it's a short one. It's, uh, I mean, they have so many sadistic bad guys in that one. But the at the very beginning adventure in the Temple of the Doom, they have a really weird looking... Are they in... I can't remember where they're at at the first scene in Temple of Doom. Not, the, just, not, not the opening scene. Not the yeah, night. no, no, the opening oh, scene. Oh, the opening scene? Yeah, I'm just going to say he's he's Asian descent. I don't know where he's yeah. from. Um, they're, we're, yeah, they're we're white to be kids in... from the Midwest. We don't know shit about yeah, that. Yeah, they're supposed to be in some yeah. in the land well, of the Orient. He's like really skinny and odd, really odd looking, and he shoots uh, Indy's friend. Like that guy. I always like his look, um, and I like Tout's look. And from the third one, I'm sure we can find someone, but... Um, I know there's someone. I'm just not remembering it. I just love these, their looks of their weird bad guys. I always like it. Yeah, no, they always, Spielberg always does that so well. Like, like memorable, like characters. Yeah. Like, you know, like this guy had to have been thought out. This guy had to be like drawn head to toe so that we would have this memorable villain. Yeah. And it works because he is memorable. You can't, you can't forget his like, his little glasses, you know, yeah. like his whole look. You can't yeah. forget it. And apparently that role was offered to Roman Polanski. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, which I'm really glad he didn't do because it's Polanski. I mean, yeah, it's creep. <laughs> it would, it would sh- definitely change the short little troll. Like, man. It would definitely change the way we would look at this movie if he was in there. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's one of my, I Ravenwood is yeah. Marion's really good. Uh, yeah, she's so that's a really great. good. I guess as a bigger side character, um, Salah. 
Uh, which one? Oh, the Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. That was like the first time I had seen Reese Davies in a movie before. But now yeah. I've seen him in bajillions of movies. Well, he's got a great voice. Yeah. And I always love how he's singing in this one when he's happy. Yeah. You said their headpiece only had markings on one side. Are you absolutely sure? Belloc's staff is too long. They're, They're digging, digging in the, the wrong, wrong place. place. <laughs> I am the monarch of the sea. I am the ruler of the... He's just such a likable side character, and they did because Temple of Doom was a prequel. He's not in that, but they brought him back for the third one. Mm -hmm. So I just remember him also from Sliders. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably that's honestly probably what I saw him in first, and then saw this. But you know, um, yeah, he and he's looked the same for thirty years too. Yeah, like if he still shows up in some today, he's a little older looking, but he's still got that same look. Do you think he's ever played a bad guy? Oh, I'm sure. He's got a voice. He's got yeah. too good of a voice. Because I would have a hard time casting him as a bad guy, because I'd be like, I just don't believe that you can pull it you're off. Too, you're going to have to likeable. prove it, because you're so likable. I'm sure I'm sure they have utilized his like voice, his commanding voice for a villain at some point. Uh, maybe we should talk about the original casting of Indy. Oh, yeah. Who was it again? Tom Selleck? Yeah. This is the mustache himself. Yeah. There's test footage out there. I think YouTube has it somewhere. Um, so Spielberg, after seeing Harrison Ford, he's like, why are we searching? That's indie right there. Uh, because Spielberg wanted to bond slick-looking guy. And Lucas was like, no, I do not want Harrison Ford in this. Uh, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. He's a pirate. Yeah. And Indiana Jones is a well-educated academic man who goes on adventures to collect things for museums. You know, he wants to keep history intact or, you know, something like that. And Spielberg won. And thank God. Because thank the movie gods. uh, (laughs) Because he's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He disappears, really. Like, when I see Harrison Ford in this movie, I don't think Harrison Ford. I'm like, that's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, that's in, that's his look, his mannerisms, the way he talks. I'm like, that's Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. Harrison Ford disappears in Han Solo until the, you know, newer ones. I, I always... I, I'm not insulting um, Jesus when he dies. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, Force Awakens. In Force Awakens, I always feel like that's that's Harrison Ford. Like to me, he didn't disappear as Han Solo. He just wasn't the same. I think I was just willing to let him disappear as Han Solo. Like I was just so fucking excited for a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. I was like, it's Han Solo, yay! <laughs> I think I made up that. I think I made up my mind before I even saw the performance. So. But uh, what I'm saying is, like most of these roles, he's so good at disappearing. Yeah, when he when he cared. When he, yeah, not that because I've seen some performances, more recent ones where he does care, but I've definitely seen a lot where he doesn't, you know, where he's just yeah. like cashing a paycheck. Yeah, and I just feel like Han Solo was so far away from him at that point when they did Force Awakens, and he wanted to die. Yeah. It's kind of like part of his deal. Yeah, kill me. Yeah, I'm tired of playing this character, and I'm tired of talking about this character. Right. Uh, I, I think he's just he's not tired of Indy though. 
I saw him in the documentary last night that I watched where th- this is the one that came out during the Crystal Skull. And he's excited to play Indy. And I aren't they doing another one? Isn't I, like yeah. happening? Aren't they doing five now? I'm pretty with him? Sure. I think it's happening. I don't know. I think so. Whatever. I, I, I'll I see it. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it, but I'll be the like. Can we just move on? <laughs> I would really rather have like Indiana Jones' son. I'm not saying bring Mutt back, mm. but I actually didn't. I liked Mutt. I liked. Uh... I like Crystal Skull. Oh, I don't. I liked it. I got the 50s sci-fi B-movie vibe from no. it, and I was like, I'm in. No, I, I thought it was too much of like, hey, remember this? Uh, that would See, that would be what I'd worry if we did it today. I would think it'd but be way was, worse uh, Have you watched that lately? No, I haven't I seen it since it came out. But yeah, when it I, came out, I liked it I a lot. couldn't make it through the movie. Um, but that, that monkey scene where he's like, Mutt is... Okay, we're not going to shit. I'm not going <laughs> to shit on it. Uh, I'm going to stay positive about Raiders. Uh, do you... Okay. Um, what I always forget about this is how mystical, magical this is at the end. Yeah, Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I kind of like... When I first fell in love with movies, what I loved when... And it, it happened in a lot of 80s, 90s movies where like... Your movie could be one genre, but at the very end, something's going to come in and make it weird and like basically do another genre. And this is like sci-fi horror at the end, basically, because mm-hmm. the Ark of the Covenant, you know, is this mystical supernatural force. So you've got the sci-fi element and then you got face melting, which is, I think, like the horror element. So like I used to love when movies would just come in at the end and just do another genre. Yeah. And I think this inspired so many special effects people. To like really go farther, and maybe we went a little too far before PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I don't think so. I think this is more of a testament to us, kind of just like just wussing out in society because like we all saw this as kids, and it's scary and it's crazy, and but we're all fine. You know, we all made it through watching this movie. And nobody got scarred for life from this. So, yeah, it, it's just at a certain point, I think you need to logically warn because I don't want to take a five year old to see someone's face get melted off <laughs> because I don't want to deal with nightmares. I'm, But they're going to turn out fine. I don't know. I well, just I'm not think... saying they're not going to turn out fine, but you're going to give me a headache and I'd rather them watch that at 10 where I can <laughs> where I can explain to them that's all fake. Yeah. That, that's guess. exactly how it was explained to me when I was I was watching Tales from the Crypt and it scared the shit out of me. And my uncle came home because I was babysitting, and yeah, a human trust me to babysit it was funny. <laughs> um, at like twelve, yeah, and they had HBO, so I watched it. And when he came home, he sat home, and you know, I was telling him, and I was you know I was like, he could tell I was rattled from it, and he goes, "Listen, you know when your aunt puts on makeup." in the morning or when your grandma does that and everything he's like that's just that except by guys who make it look like they're dying and you know it's i'm sure there was more into it but i got it i'm Mm -hmm. like oh yeah i completely understand and that's when i became fascinated tales from the crypt is what helped me become fascinated with how they do it Mm, nice and my brothers would sit we would just sit and try to figure it out and there's some incredible effects yeah. in that show in that too. show <laughs> and like, all of them we we don't we had arguments we would literally just yell at each other 
you know, like, no, that's not how they, they did it this way. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we had Fangoria later on when we traveled to the suburbs, which we always called the city, because um, we were in the middle of nowhere um, by Perina Farms. But when we traveled up, we started to get those old magazines and we started to figure it out. And it was a little bit more of like the reveal. Yeah. Which kind of made us sad, but at the same time more fascinated. Yeah, like it, it's a it's a give and take there. Yeah, and then when the internet came out, it was just like, well, I mean, nothing's a mystery anymore. Right. Bummer. Uh, Bummer, the internet. Yeah. Do you remember the episode of Tales from the Crypt that fucked you up? Or no? Is it too um, far gone now? It was... I think it was a blind guy who was like going through a hallway, and he had to feel his way through. Mm, and yeah. Then, yeah. There's, that's, there's like a blind home it takes place in yeah and like there's a guy fucking with all the blind people in there yep yeah I know. And that one, yep that scared the crap out of me it's a good episode uh but i also have i wouldn't say a fear but the ones that mess me up the most are like when someone's held down and they can't do something or when you take away like your ability to see or yeah. hear like this sensory or the when you're immobile like oh, that so always that freak it always freaks me out and nice. those are the only ones like the, the rest of the stuff i'm like i don't care <laughs> it's just gore whatever <laughs> and snowmen because they're the ultimate killers yes they have i mean you make them they kill you they melt yep how the hell do you get them you can't get them can't get them they just keep coming back <laughs> just like winter just keeps coming back every year that's why when i walk my dog she barks at the snowmen i was like you let them have you it know. Barf. you know it's <laughs> pure evil right there <laughs> oh and here we are. Yep, about and then here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie, to get back into it, it's just watch it, enjoy it, and, you know, a big muscly guy gets ripped apart by a uh, plane propeller. Yep, that blood spray is pretty fantastic when, it he, is. Gets, when he gets hit and it just goes <laughs> real fast across the side. So now, good. see, maybe that's the type of comedy Lucas can do. It's dark, though. It is. <laughs> it's really dark comedy, but it's funny. <laughs> but I think it also might be Spielberg, because Spielberg likes more of the dark stuff. Yes. Lucas yes. is much more of the, like, let's make it lighthearted and fun. Yeah. Ewoks. Ugh. <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, hmm. <laughs> Just an odd choice. <laughs> We're going this route? Was, All right. <laughs> I'm sure Spielberg watched it and looked over at him like, so, you sure? uh, you're... <laughs> You really want to sell toys, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? You're seeing the dollar signs here. And guess what? It worked. <laughs> and he gets $4 billion for Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's... I don't have anything negative to say about this movie. No. It's a classic. It's like... And this one's also, like... You know, you grow up with all of them. Everybody kind of has, like, sort of favorites. And I still think this is my favorite. You know, like, I think there's definitely people that think Temple of Doom is their favorite. I know people who Last Crusade is their favorite. This one's my favorite. Yeah, when it comes to a complete film, this is my favorite. But when it comes to risk-taking, Temple of Doom, like, I'm just, I marvel at Temple of Doom, and I've watched it the most easily, because it's just 
chaos. Yeah, I I love Temple of Doom still. I really, it's like that's a close second for me. Yeah. But this is my favorite. But Temple of Doom is still great too. They're they're doing so much weird shit in that I, movie. I just can't believe now that's two mega powers getting away with stuff because that is not made for general audiences. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird movie, and that yeah, it's it's crazy. And it did like the worst in the box office. I think uh, probably did the. I don't know if it did the worst on VHS, but. It's got a hardcore audience because I remember when the internet was coming out and everyone was saying like Temple of Doom is easily the worst, you know, like critics would say it and all that. And I remember the hardcore internet audience is like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's my favorite one. And then you saw this like just hardcore defense for Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom really took like a Halloween three turn where it was yeah. the hated one. And now it's like just as beloved as the first one. Like, well, it's- because yeah, I think you just had an entire generation who grew up and that or gremlins is the movie that shocked you yeah yeah you saw something crazy in it that you weren't expecting to see in a movie like that like yeah yeah absolutely um and i'm glad i'm really glad a lot of people too like nowadays um i've seen sort of in 08 my opinion of the the indiana jones series was controversial but i've seen a lot of people coming around to it now where i actually would place i like all four movies don't get me wrong, but I'd actually place Crystal Skull over Last Crusade, not in terms of like being like a better movie necessarily, but I the thing I put Last Crusade last for is because it's 40s again, it's Nazis again. Mm-hmm. It feels more like a 90s Spielberg movie and not like an Indiana Jones movie. So I always put that one last for sort of like the vibe I get from it. It's a good movie. I love it. I love the movie, but like I always put that last of the four because at least for me, Crystal Skull is doing you know, whether it fails at it or not, it's doing like a thing that we hadn't seen the series do yet. Yeah, I think The Last Crusade is the safe one. Exactly. And that's why I put it last. It was made for, you know, hey, you you grew up watching this in 81. Bring your kids. Yeah, now it's 92 or whatever, 90 or whatever it was. And like... uh, Hey, it's got Sean Connery. You know who Sean Connery is. Yeah, we got James Bond finally in our James Bond movie. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Spielberg gets to do another father thing. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, too. It's just like every beat in that movie is like... I've seen all of you guys do this already before. Whereas like four as wackadoo as it is, I'm like, well, at least I didn't know it was, I didn't know we were getting aliens. (laughs) I think also the last crusade is the one, one TV had the easiest time putting it on. Yeah. Because it's safer. It's safe. There's no crazy gore. There's no crazy face melting. (laughs) You could rent it for your kids or buy it for your kids and never worry about them watching it. It was just, it was safe and it was more for general audiences. It's shocking what they did in Temple of Doom. Right. Because it's like, I would have read that script and been like, this is awesome. You can't make this. Yeah, how are you going to get this in theaters? But this fucker probably made so much money, they were like, whatever. (laughs) 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 Frank Marshall's like, yeah, man. I mean, I wouldn't do this, but fuck it. We're going to make so much fucking money. We're going to live forever. (laughs) The money on the first one, $18 million budget, which they got. They shot it in time, apparently. They shot it around the budget it was supposed to be. And then it turns around as $390 million. Ooh, Yeah, of course I got a second one. Yeah. Of course I got a second one. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure Paramount was like, thank you, Lucas, for like demanding that Spielberg do all three. Yeah. Yeah. And then two probably happened and they were like, fuck. And that's why there was like a six-year gap between that one and the next one. <laughs> I always feel like this is the movie where Spielberg turned into... 
the powerhouse. I, I know he had Jaws, which was just amazing. And that, that put him on the map of like, this guy can make blockbusters. And he can make B-movie blockbusters. And then he got, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I know E.T. is going to come up and people are like, what are you talking about, Steve? E.T. was it. But I think Raiders was it because it reached out to every... Maybe it was E.T. I don't know. I, I still think it's going to be Raiders. It, it just... He took a movie that was... He made it for $18 million, and this movie looks like a $50 million movie. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I 100%. This movie laid the groundwork for like the kind of Amblin age. This is the one. This is the one that led to the Goonies and Gremlins. And See, that's funny because I think E.T. led to the... Amblin. I think it's I this. think this Raiders led to more of like the Jurassic Park. I think it, I yeah I go here I start here and I just go down I think yeah. this is what laid the groundwork for Amblin and the Amblin Age all the way through to Jurassic Park where it where it kind of then ended yeah because well, then Schindler's yeah. came out and we were like Spielberg's a whole different guy <laughs> oh yeah he did Schindler's it was uh, Saving Private Ryan yeah then he goes on to AI which I mean I that one's got its own backstory yeah i don't really count that as a spielberg movie it's still a kubrick movie even yeah though. yeah because he was it, just it, doing it, kubrick it, so well and the problem is spielberg can't be kubrick exactly yeah so it was that's it, why it was a losing situation fails but yeah. yeah exactly but then when spielberg gets in the 2000s they're so up and down for me i don't he's all over the place for me from about 2001 on up I don't know what to feel about Spielberg movie to movie. Sometimes I'm like, fuck yeah, Spielberg's back. <laughs> and then other times I'm like, yeah, this feels like Spielberg. Like, how long do I have to be on set? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like in the, at least in the more recent age, like in the last decade or 15 years or whatever, the ones I've liked the most of him have been the ones that I don't expect to like the most of him. Like, I, I wasn't as crazy about, uh, Ready Player One. I didn't hate it like you, or no, you didn't hate it, but I didn't dislike it like you did. Like it, yeah. um, I liked it, but like I feel like I liked like the War Horses and the Lincolns and stuff better because they were no. just solid movies. Like they were just good movies. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln. I liked Lincoln. I, I I haven't watched it since, but I watched it and I was like, damn, damn, Daniel Day Lewis, just calm down. You're <laughs> entirely too good. But you know, you, I haven't seen War Horse. I'll be honest. It's good. It's good. Like, I it's just a genuinely good movie. <laughs> I just like, yeah, there's the Ready Player Ones and stuff where I'm like, mm, I just feel like Spielberg was sort of kind of into it. And he's like, well, he's like, I guess I'm the guy to do it. But it's like, but like, did we need to do it at all? <laughs> yeah, let's see what other stuff. Um, I like the post. The post was good. Yeah. Bridge of Spies, I didn't. Bridge of Spies was okay. Yeah. Tintin it's... was okay. I didn't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I liked Munich. I like Munich. Munich. I thought War of the Worlds. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a lot. I'll say this about War of the Worlds. There's some incredible stuff in there, but the whole picture is a flawed thing. But there's some good stuff there. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report. That's when I really, the AI, Artificial Intelligence, Minority Report, and Catch Me If You Can. I like Minority Report, but like the Terminal, War of the Worlds, we get into this part of Spielberg where I'm like, Ah, they're just not doing it for me. Yeah, no, I'm uh, that I'm right there with you. I like Minority Report a lot, but yeah, Catch Me If You Can, Terminal, I don't care. Where the worlds I like half of Munich, I like a lot. Tintin's okay. I never saw yeah. BFG. I never saw BFG either. Yeah. It seemed like the kind of Spielberg movie to see. It seemed like it, it was probably closest to like Hook or something like that, which I 
we already talked about it. I fucking love Hook. Um, but I never saw it. I never went and saw it. No, one of these days. I'll come yeah. around to it. Oh, Amistad, that's one. There there you go. When we get into the Schindler's List, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan is just like, whoa. And he, and he throws a Lost World right in the middle of those, too. Yeah. And that's a turd. That's a not... I tried to watch it again recently, and it does not hold up at all. It... Yeah. There's some good stuff in there, mm-hmm. because, of course, it's Spielberg. He knows how to make a movie, but, like, overall... Whole thing is kind of hard to sit through. <laughs> I used to defend that movie, uh, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Ooh, this is so commercialized." Yeah, it's weird. It's like Spielberg trying to do Dude. what he used to be doing yeah. when he's in a def- different phase. So he's just sort of like reflecting on what he used to do, and it's like, "No, just do your new thing. You're like <laughs> your new thing's working." <laughs> yeah, I mean, just do your. Don't try to be young Spielberg. Be old Spielberg. Yeah. Or I'm middle aged at that point. Whatever. I'm I'm curious to see what he's gonna do next. It says he's doing West Side Story next, which I like. Do not. I fucking hate that movie. So like, I'm not really looking forward to that. Wow. But, I, I, uh, yeah, West Side Story. I'm not. I don't care either way. I'm just. I've never heard anyone say I hate that movie. It's just so long, and it's just it not is. my thing. Like it's just not. I love musicals, but not that kind of musical. Like, I don't know. Who did West Side Story? That was the. 60s robert wise musical was it yeah why the hell is spielberg doing a musical why not i guess <laughs> we'll see what if it's incredible what if it's just like it fuck, be, like you should have been doing this all along <laughs> yeah it just, it's like the new spielberg in his 70s is like i love musicals i'm gonna do old hollywood musicals now and i'm like all right okay. fuck, it's working <laughs> yeah uh, next yeah. year we'll find out i guess We'll have to do a podcast on it. Now that we talked about it for so long, now we have to like do a West Side Story. I don't have a West Side Story. Do you? No, no, no. This one, the new one, when this drops. Oh. Like, <laughs> we've been talking about it so much. <laughs> I have no interest in that. But yeah, maybe it will be great. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I, it's just another remake. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. An unnecessary musical reboot <laughs> yeah who, who the hell was clamoring for that other than people are like we need money yeah we need another west side story <laughs> i need more cocaine <laughs> yeah um but raiders what a classic what a it just a just stone amazing. cold classic uh i could watch you know the movie over and over again i could watch the scenes you know the big scenes him shooting the guy when he does the sword it's great because he was sick yeah the uh, anything anything with the snakes it's funny every time he hates snakes but it works you know yeah uh the guy in the blade is fucking awesome the melting faces are incredible yeah you watch that over and over and over again and never get tired of it and indiana jones punching a nazi yep love it it's satisfying every time yeah we need I, it we, we need indiana jones more now than ever today <laughs> yeah i always find it interesting that um lucas didn't want to bring marion back because he wanted Indiana Jones to have a different girl each, a love interest each time. And Spielberg was not on board with that. But it did make sense when Spielberg kind of put together the story of the Temple of Doom. He's like, no, it's going to be a prequel. I want to go back. Right, so she wouldn't be in it. Yeah. Then he met his wife. Yeah, Spielberg. (laughs) Which was funny. I mean, it's the first two movies of this have um, Spielberg, the ladies of Spielberg is Amy Irving, was mm. going to play Ravenwood. 
Marion Ravenwood. And they probably just did they just break up at this time then? I don't know how that didn't work out, but the, several actresses were going to play Marion. But I know Luke or not Lucas uh, Spielberg really liked her when he saw her in Animal House. Karen few, Allen. Yeah, Karen Allen, and and I, I think what really sold it was the chemistry between Harrison Ford and her. It's not. Yeah, there it really is something so striking about Karen Allen. I just feel like she was like one of the first. You know, when I saw I probably before I saw this movie, I probably saw Scrooged. Um, when I saw Scrooge the first <laughs> yeah. time, I just like it, just pure innocent little kid like fell in love with her like in that movie, and then you know seeing her in this, and she's a badass. You love her; she's hilarious and Animal House. So she had a wide range. I mean, she could play tough, she could be comedic, she can be pretty. I mean, she can basically do it all. Yeah, I'm I'm curious why she didn't sort of have more of a bigger career. She had a good career. She yeah, worked. She had a solid career. She yeah. worked, but like I'm. You know why she's not kind of talked about as like one of the all-time greats? I don't know because she's fucking fantastic. Yeah, and she's in like a lot of huge movies like Animal House, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, The Lost Ark, and then Kingdom Comes of back the Crystal Skull. Skull. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think the '90s were good to her. Yeah, maybe that's just it. But it's a shame because she's great. She's yeah, wonderful. The Karen Allen podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go start that by myself. It's just gonna be me talking about these three movies with Karen Allen and how much I love her. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for Indiana Jones, she pretty much stole the show. I think that that's why I say she's my favorite side character. Uh, another weird sidebar. So last night I watched I watched this. I went out for a little while, and then I when I came back just to kind of wind down, I watched. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Wow. Yeah, just for funsies, threw it out. I haven't seen it in a long time. I probably haven't seen it in 25 years. Like, I haven't seen it probably since... Is this the know. old clamshell one that yeah. I have? Oh, you've got it over here somewhere? I thought I did. Whatever. Maybe it's up there. I'm not looking. Yeah, and it's the... Ivan Ooze is the villain in that. That's Paul Freeman, who is also in this movie. He is the rival archaeologist in... Oh, uh, Bo... Um... Baloque or something like that? Baroque? Baloque? The French archaeologist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that he's Ivan Ooze in... uh, No way. Crazy connection that I made last night that, like, I didn't even realize it. Baloque is such an interesting bad guy because he's he's on the same level as, (laughs) you know, Indiana Jones in a way where he's an archaeologist who goes out to find stuff, but he's more of the, I'll do anything to get it. But I think he's going to he's doing it for the adventure and he's just working for Hitler because he doesn't care. Yeah, I like that's another thing I like about Spielberg movies is that you are you always have like a secondary villain who's also shitty. You know, you have like the great, the iconic, like, you know, the image of the villain in the movie. But then you always have like a second, like human bad guy, you know, like the guy in Jurassic Park, the the hunter guy is in there. He's not really a bad yeah. guy, but he's kind of like your your second tier and you've got uh what's his name from uh seinfeld is also like the other human bad guy in that well but then you have the dinosaurs like <laughs> yeah you're right no there's he always layered, does that well it's layered bad guys with with this one you know you had um Bullock, who's kind of like the intelligent bad guy then you had the germans with toft or whatever his name is like the sadistic one you had the muscle german mm-hmm. and then you kind of had the the main leader german guy i don't even know his name i've never known it but he gets his face melted at the end mm-hmm. where the he's like guy. he's like overseeing it but he's 
Hitler's actually the main bad guy, and he's never shown. Right. Which is really funny, because he's the one trying to go out and capture all these religious relics, and the reason they want, you know, the Ark, Ark of the Covenant, is because any army who who travels with the Ark is invincible. I don't know how, because you can't control the weapon, but whatever. It's. I guess he what, could just what a whatever. cool plot. Yeah. Like, what a cool plot of a movie. You know, well, to just be like, well, the Nazis want this supernatural thing because it's going to protect them. I'm like, what a genius plot. Good. If that would came yeah. from Lucas, good fucking no, job. No, no, it's Kaufman. Kaufman came up oh, with came up the with Ark. Oh, so genius. So Lucas had had the whole plan of like he's going to be battling Nazis. The Nazis want something. Like he had an overarching story, but he needed all the gaps filled in. And I guess Kaufman knew like he was always fascinated by the um, and, and Lucas wanted a religious artifact but he just didn't know what and so he's just like well I you know the Ark of the Covenant I always heard it from like my barber as a kid and he was fascinated with it and they stuck it in that's uh, awesome yeah and it's it it works so well because it was like one of these things that I think a lot of us had kind of in the back of our mind knew about, you know, with the the Ten Commandments yeah, and yeah. yada yada. But it's not it what it was never in the forefront of anything. It's like no one was sitting around talking about, you know, like they do in the third one with the cup of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ where he drank and you know that was from the Last Supper, I think, right? Something That's, like that. Yeah. yeah. They do a really good job of finding these artifacts that when you hear about it, you're like, oh, well, of course we'd all know about that. Yeah. But before then, you never would have thought about it. Right. They're like sort of like in the background of pop culture. But like, yeah, they really just bring them to the forefront. But I just love how you call the religious artifact pop culture. <laughs> Is it not, though? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I would, th- I would think something like the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, it's 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 stories, right? And so it's pop culture. Is that, I mean, is, it's religion, but it's also pop culture. Like, it's it's both, I think. I thought pop culture didn't start until Andy Warhol. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the genesis of pop culture. Um, and it isn't religion, just the first pop culture. <laughs> well, it's just popular culture, right? Right. What's right. popular in culture? So, yeah, I guess religion you're right. Religion yeah. was the first example of pop culture. <laughs> Yeah, he he heard it here, folks. He heard it. We, you know, we're we're digging out some good stuff here. We're really, we're really. Well, it's an overarching. So, uh, I I did. I, I this is going to be a long one. Just get used to it, people. Um, sorry, but that's what we do. Yeah, we babble. Well, I I was taking a look at because I knew this was one hundred and one, and it's funny. Like you can always tell the episodes we're going to have long ones on because I was just scrolling through all the recent ones. I'm like forty five minutes, fifty minutes. I'm like, yeah, of course that one's an hour and fifteen. It's RoboCop, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) of course Super Mario Brothers is an hour and a half. Like, of course. I know Super Mario Brothers is like two hours. Oh, whatever. Yeah, and it's one of our most downloaded ones. You can always tell when we're going to have a long one. (laughs) I think I think the next couple are going to be a little shorter. And then we'll get another like one like this thrown in there, and we're gonna talk for six hours about it. <laughs> yeah, and I do wonder, um, like looking back at one hundred and one episodes, I mean, it's amazing how fast it's gone. Yeah, I mean, what do we start this? We're coming up on two years that we started this because like October, that, yeah. October, yeah. and we're in August right now, so we're coming up. We're two months shy of two years of doing mm-hmm. this. And yeah, it, it both feels like two years and like yesterday. Somehow, it feels yeah. like both. <laughs> I was listening to our Evils of the Night on accident last night because I was going through our YouTube to see what has had the most 
what, not so much what's had the most views, but what's had the most listening time. And that one has a long, a lot of, man, I keep burping, uh, a lot of listening time, which I was like, why? And Probably because nobody else is talking about it. <laughs> maybe. I, I was just listening to it and I'm like, how much our audio has improved and just our back and forth. It's amazing because now we bounce off each other so fast that I forget how fast we talk until someone mentions it. I think, uh, I feel like in the first few episodes, like the evils of the night, we were like, let's try not to talk over each other. And we've got, we don't, we don't do that or anything like that. But like, now we know like, okay, that's what he just said. That's what I'm going to say. You know, now we have that bounce. But before it was just like, all right, wait for him to totally finish that thought. All right, go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we try to explain the movies more. Almost like we're doing commentary, and now we're just like, ah, whatever, watch it. You've seen it. Or if you haven't seen it, we'll tell you the stuff that you need to know about it. <laughs> yeah, because this one, we, I mean, we touched a little bitty parts all over the movie, like like a pervert. Um, oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we're here. Oh, also, here's something. Um, I no longer filter what I say as much, mm. because I feel... Like, there's no real harm to it. I'm not going to say anything like, you know, I'm not racist, so I won't say anything racist. But, like, a other day I go, you know how I hate women. Yeah, and you were obviously, talk- we were yeah. talking about, like... Uh, Captain the- Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Like, you hate women because you didn't like Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. I used to cut things out because I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want Matt to say that. Ooh, I don't know if I want to say it. Now I'm like, it's a joke. Get over it. Yeah. I found myself filtering myself more over the years, not because of like saying something offensive, but because like I just feel like for a while in the middle, something I would say, you know, whether it be like political or what was so just expected. (laughs) Now I'm like, you don't need to say it. Everybody knows you hate Republicans. You don't need to say it. (laughs) Or at least you hate the movie Republicans that are actual real Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't need to say it anymore. So I I filter out sort of what you know already about me. (laughs) Yeah. what's changed for me over the last... uh, We don't mention Trump as much because who cares about that douchebag? Yeah, we're just having fun here now. Now we're just (laughs) loosey-goosey. Yeah. I like like it. I like where we have come in two years in 100 episodes. I like where we're at now. I feel really, like, comfortable about you know, sharing our opinions of the movies we're watching. Like, I really yeah. feel like we're in a good, nestled in a good spot here. Yeah, and then watching a movie where a Nazi gets punched in the face is amazing. Yeah, and what we can still bring that up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Because we gotta. <laughs> Punching I mean, Nazis, still cool. <laughs> still one of the best stories we have is where a <clears throat> someone who got mad at one of our comments tried to get, like, had all of, put warning shots on all of our youtube oh yeah they tried to take us down because we said something we, we had a we had a really hot episode i think one time probably oh the star wars one we were taking down the trolls or was it a marvel one it was a marvel one or a star wars one where we were fucking attacking the trolls in the basement and like yeah. they went back and they came back after us but we, we had we had no cause to be taken down or anything. That had so. to be like one person who was just like, fuck these liberal oh, bastards. Yeah. yeah, one person with yeah. too much time on their hands that wanted to bury us. Yeah, yeah and just like click, click. And it was pretty, it was funny too, because right when I fought back, it only took like two days and they're like, it's fine. Yeah, we didn't say anything crazy. We were just making fun of shitty people. <laughs> yeah, some assholes. And that guy came after us and 
he basically called himself out of being one of those turds. So <laughs> it's really weird. Um, you know, and like all the comments we've got on YouTube, so most of them I erase because they're just like, they're just, I don't want them there. Uh, I'm not really trying to like censor what people are to say, but when someone goes, you guys are assholes, I just throw it out. Yeah, there's no need. Now, if they say like, you know, you guys need to be better at this. If there was constructive criticism, I'd keep it any day of the week. Yep. But when it's just like pure hate. I slice it out. But I do love on the YouTube comments that like you get people all around the US or Canada, or the world, whatever. And it's fun to see because someone the other day, and I thought this was so funny, put, I admit it too, I like copycat more than seven. And I just cracked up. Thank you for being a friend of mine on <laughs> commenter out there. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but yeah, somewhere Matt is like, told you. Yep. We're, we're going to bring Copycat back to the forefront. Actually, uh, it's playing um, one one of the, the big sort of genre things is in New York. They play like, uh, I think it's just called like Scary Movies or something. Like that. It's a series of like late night screenings of new horror movies and like retrospective and stuff. And they do, you know, all kinds of like they had Blood Paradise or one of one of the ones we played at Horrorama this year. They they did at their series or whatever this year for their series they have copycat on 35 that they're going to be playing and i'm like it's fucking getting its due it's coming copycat's coming around <laughs> i'm pretty sure on the podcast i remember saying like wow this movie's so much better than i thought it would be right uh, copycat yeah. guys if, if you haven't listened to that episode yet you're sleeping on copycat you well, gotta get it <laughs> it shocked me because it's one of our most down it's top 10 episode oh is it copy what's our number one is it still urban legend no it's bill bill and bill ted, ted. Yeah. God. Did we do Bogus Journey yet? Nope. Oh, I don't have the. I don't have the tape, but you do. I don't have the. No, you don't have the tape. I don't have the tape. That's why we probably never did it. But we gotta do it soon. We'll do it when the third one comes. We gotta find that tape next week. Yeah, I'm gonna be looking at that. We got a we got a tape thing coming up in Chicago next weekend. So that is Bogus Journey needs to be found. We need to do that one for sure. Because yeah. I had the first one on tape, and you did too. We both had it. I yeah, think. the first one. Um, but yeah, I never, I've never owned the second one on tape. I had the DVD, but I never owned the second one on uh, tape. So it's I, time, I think. Have they started recording the new one? Yeah, it's filming. It's, it's filming. already in. Yeah. Oh, you hear Parf? That's how excited I am about yeah. Bill and Ted Three. Like, I want to cry. I'm so excited. Yeah, like, she, she came over. Uh, oh, another thing that was funny throughout our time, we've lost our third co-host because um, Tulip. Yes, has moved to different rooms. Yes. <laughs> Not in the same room with us anymore. She just didn't agree with some of our opinions on movies and decided to leave. Yep, she left us. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think she's happier not listening to us, yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, do you, I mean, this will be the last thing I have a question on. Are you, do you like it more that we pick a, a movie off the cover or do you like more of the, like, the themed? <sighs> Maybe cover if I had to pick. Like I don't, I don't mind the theme. I, I think when we do themes, it's fun. But like sometimes just randomly, like looking at a shelf or like picking up a movie at a random, you know, like a video store or like a tape sale or closing down store or whatever, finding a cool tape with a cool cover and just being like, let's watch this next week. I think that's a little more exciting for me than themes because I've never, I've never been much of a theme person. I just like random shit. So like, but the themes we have done have been fun. Like Noirch was one that I was really yeah. big on when we did Noir March. Um, but like, yeah, I think covers for me. Do you have a preference to swinging? Um, 
I have a lot of covers that I want to do, but I also find it easier to pick them off themes hmm. just because there's a lot. And I'm like, if they're all off covers. So like, but it's funny. Uh, the next ones that we're doing, which are animations that I picked. The reason I did animations is because I want to do wizards because this movie's so weird. The movie's so weird, but the cover is just like a person on the front. Yeah. You know, the wizard on the front, the hitman. And so we're doing that. I won't, you know, we're doing wizards, but I won't tell the rest, but that's how I picked them. Nice. And then the, another one, I was just like, well, I know Matt hasn't seen this and we've talked about it. And then the third one, did I pick three? You picked three. Yeah. The third one, I was just like, uh, okay, this one. I've got this animation tape. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I'm excited to talk about those, and I think they were fun picks, and I think our listeners will really like uh, all three of those picks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, themes work, too. Uh, I think lately, though, when you've been giving me the option to pick, I've just been dartboarding it, being like, I want to watch this one, I want to watch this one, I want to watch this one, and I want to watch this one. And that's, you know, when we did RoboCop and Total Recall, it was that go hand in hand because they're Verhoeven's, but I was just like, I just want to watch these movies. I want to rewatch RoboCop, and I've never seen Total Recall, so let's do it. Like, Yeah, I thought you were just going with Straight Mayhem. Yeah, but they are. I think that's just my taste in general. (laughs) The more mayhem, the better. Yeah, there's so it should be interesting. Uh, You know, like we picked our theme for October. I'm not going to say that you're going to have to wait for that one. Come back in a month or whatever. Um, I like it. And I think you and I you and I definitely will like it. We'll see what the listeners think. Well, I think I think I hope we have a lot of downloads for the listeners because I think it's a good like polarizing subject. That like some people will hate and some people, but everybody will listen. You know what I mean? Like Hopefully. it's a good, Hopefully. it's a good one. People will want to listen to even even people that don't like the movies we're talking about. Yep, I got two reactions right away. One was like, mm, and then they thought about it and they're like, that might work. I think having a full like four week discussion on it yeah. is going to be really good. <laughs> but it's not a Halloween related, so I think we need to do one scary movie. Like a Halloween, like a Halloween Halloween episode. Yeah, Um, yeah, I just have no idea what that is. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We got all September too. We have to figure. Or no, will these be running then in September? No, no, animations. They'll be off. No, the the animations. Do do those come out? Yeah, right. Those would be. We got like we got like two weeks or something. We still have to figure out, and then we start the October theme. Which we'll just that's ones we. Those will be just two dartboard ones for sure. (laughs) It's been fun. Uh, Before we get to an hour, oh, we basically are an hour and a half. Oh, let's wrap it up. So that's celebration of episode one hundred on episode one hundred one. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, uh, recommend Raiders, of fucking course. But if you haven't seen it, like, what rock have you been living under? (laughs) Here, uh, let's go into our museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we put something in our museum, good or bad. Guess what? It's the entire fucking movie. Agreed. And if you were going to ask me, that's literally what I was going to say. Um, yeah, the whole movie. Easiest it, museum ever. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It, it is the museum. Like, yeah. the, the, you know, like we are the Raiders of the Lost Ark here. <laughs> like, the Lost Ark is our museum. So, <laughs> yeah, the entire movie's in the museum. You know, you can catch us on Facebook. Hopefully, we respond. Uh, Matt sometimes does emails. It's been a while. I haven't even looked at our emails. I looked at it, there wasn't anything new. Oh, okay. I mean, but that was like a month ago. Yeah. But I feel like they just communicate, people communicate more on our YouTube channel. 
I and you know I never checked those, so maybe I should just start checking those and commenting yeah. random things and then on comment, there too. Yeah, because um, apparently uh, they agree with you more than me <laughs> on Copycat at least. Which yeah. thank God, like <laughs> I'm not saying Seven's a bad movie. I'm just saying Copycat's better. <laughs> Catch us on email animal analog Jones T O F at gmail dot com. And hey, we've had a blast. Here's to another 100. Uh, you know. Let's keep let's keep it uh, keep it going. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping. We wouldn't have if we had like zero listeners. I probably still would have done it anyway. But like, thank you anyway for listening um, and getting us to one hundred and all your comments and all your support. Like, we we listen, we see yeah. it, we hear it, and we appreciate it. So keep telling your friends about us. You know, especially the VHS nerds. Keep getting the word out to the other VHS nerds <laughs> that we are, we are one of you. We are amongst you. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep spreading the word, but thanks for everything up until this point. So it's appreciated. Last, yeah, it sure is. Lastly, remember to be kind. Rewind. <laughs>